this morning, Keith is not here. Can you tell? Did y'all notice that? Anybody that observant, wise, you know, and sharp and full of wisdom and not letting the accent fool you, you know? Some of you don't know what that means, but Brother Hagen used to say, let them that's ignorant be ignorant still. And that's the way he'd leave it all the time. That's the way he'd leave it. So, uh, but I'll tell you, that's what Keith talked about Friday night. So if you missed out, you can get the tape or download it or whatever you want to do. But I am so excited about this morning. Um, I don't know if you could tell, but almost instantly when we walked into the place this morning, there was an anointing in here for healing. Could you tell? Oh, strong, strong anointing. And uh, I know myself over the last several weeks, I'm so blessed that the Lord would let me teach on this this morning because I have really gotten into the word on this area and been and seeking him about it and questioning about it and trying to find out answers about it because you know what I hate that the devil puts sickness on people it just is it's not even funny but you know what if we receive it it's our fault so let's find out about it this morning let's look at some things you know Keith on Sunday morning has been teaching about the kingdom of God what is part of the kingdom of God Healing. What greater thing is there than healing? You know, as we go through in our society today, a lot of times you'll hear people when they're not healed, they'll say something like, well, you know, some people it's God's will to heal and some people it's not. You ever heard that, though, from your family members? You know, we'll just ask God what his will is and we'll do whatever he wants to do. And his will, I guess, isn't to heal me. So, uh, well, we're going to find out different than that this morning. Are you ready to find out about it? Those guys left. They know me better than to wait until we turn to a scripture. Well, let's look at some scripture, though, first off this morning. Hebrews 13, 8. And if you don't have a Bible with you this morning, if you would, raise your hand because it is so important this morning that you get this. And I would like you, if you didn't have a Bible and don't have one, and uh, don't have one at home with you, take this one home with you if you want to. But mark these things in it today. And uh, mark them down. Get you a highlighter. Get you a red pen. Get you a whatever you need. And... Um, Mark these scriptures for yourself today because if you've not been attacked with sickness in your body, I see still some hands back here in the back, guys, if there's some people without Bibles. So uh, um, y'all locate them some more. Anybody else not have a Bible in here this morning? Because it is so important that you see this this morning for your very self. Don't look on with your neighbor. Get one for yourself. Mark it for yourself. This is how your answers come, is seeing it in the Word. What I say or what Keith says or what any other person says means what? Absolutely nothing. But what does matter? The Word. The Word matters. And if it says it in the Word, then we have grounds to stand on. We have a firm foundation to build something from, right? So let's look at some things and let's find out what God said. The title today, for those of you who keep notes like that, is um, healing God's will for me or you or whatever. So anybody in here never been attacked with any kind of sickness in their life? Never a headache, never a toe ache, never a toothache, never a anything. Anybody in here? Isn't that amazing? Anybody in here ever been healed from God? Now, isn't that amazing? So if if... Everybody in here has had an opportunity to be sick, and everybody in here has had the opportunity to be healed. Do you think God just picked the people in this room out to heal them? Let's find out. Turn with me to Hebrews 13:8. And who's ever back there? I don't think Jill's back there today, but who's, she may be. She is. She usually does it when I'm back there. But Jill, I got a surprise for you, sweetheart. We're going to be in King James all day today. 
Yay! And the reason that I did that is because there is some people. Now, imagine this. That think that it do, if it doesn't say it in the King James, it's not Scripture. Anybody ever heard that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it doesn't say it in the King James, it's not Scripture. So I want them to be able to find their King James religious Bible, you know, and um, see for themselves that it is in the Bible, right? Okay, everybody got a Bible. Now, if you've got a different translation, they will have the King James on the screen for you to verify, okay? So uh, this morning, we're going to look at King James. Hebrews 13, 8. And I've prayed, and I know you guys are hooked with me, but let's pray again and um, expect God to give us answers and, and uh, his anointing to be here real strong, which it already is. I can just sense it real strong in here this morning. So uh, let's close our eyes and lift one hand to heaven because that's where all of our help comes from. Father, in Jesus' name, we look to you this morning because you are the greater one, Father, and you give us all the answers that we need. And we ask you that your anointing come upon us today, Father, each and every person in this room, Father, that every person has ears to hear the things that you would have to say in regards to this and that you would make my tongue is the pen of a ready writer to say those things precisely and exactly to get deep down into people's heart to where no devil in hell is big enough to pull it out of there and we just thank you for your anointing being strong and manifest in here this morning in jesus name amen does anybody know what hebrews 13 8 says you got it you, you turn to it right you read it all right let's say it together all right jesus christ the same yesterday today and forever so what does that mean never changes if he did it back in the bible days that was yesterday right what about today here july the 17th today doesn't change what about next week when you get a bad report from the doctor Never changes. He's still the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. So let's find out then. Turn to John 6.38. And let's find out what happened with Jesus yesterday, today, and forever. Okay? Where's JJ? JJ is my earring knocking. JJ had fits with the marriage meeting. I mean, fits with the marriage meeting. He said, Mrs. Moore, please never wear another dangly earring when you teach. So he prayed all night long, didn't you? <laughs> One other thing before we go further. If, if it's my understanding, well, I'll wait just a minute about it, and then I'll tell you about this other thing. Okay, um, John 6, you'll know why when I tell you. Uh, John 6:38. what did Jesus come down from heaven to do? Okay, let's read it. For, now, who's talking here? Jesus. What color it is, is it in your King James Bible? Red. What does that mean? Jesus. Jesus is talking. Okay. John 6:38. For I came down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Who sent him? Right. Let's get real simple here so that we can't get anything confused. Jesus said, why did he come to the earth? To do the Father's will, all right? Father sent him, he's doing his will. So we can deduct from that real easily that if I'm doing something in here today, uh, I'm trying to do the will of the Father. Well, what did Jesus come to do when he came to the earth? The will of the Father. So we want to make sure that we know that everything that Jesus did, he did to please the Father. Everything. 
Okay, he, he didn't come to do his own will, but he came to do the will of the Father. If he had come to do his own will, he would not have wanted to drink from that cup, remember? He said, let it pass from me. No, but not my will, but your will be done. So we, he's doing everything he did based upon what he knows his Father God would want him to do, right? Okay, let's do some things then. So we know that everything that Jesus did in the Scripture is the manifest presence work will of god him manifesting it was just like god himself standing here doing that do you understand that not jesus but god himself standing here doing that because he is he is doing what he sees his father do exactly what he sees him do so let's find out what he has seen his father do and what jesus did about healing y'all are y'all interested in this at all this morning let's find out What Jesus did every single time someone came to him for healing. Every time. Let's find out what he said every time. Now we could take um, till Keith got back tomorrow afternoon and read every scripture. Well, it'd take longer than that in the New Testament about healing. But we'll just start with Matthew. How does that suit you? Because, you know, that's a good place to start, you know, the New Testament. So let's start with Matthew and find out. I want to see how Jesus dealt with sickness Every single time. Every time. I want to see what he did when people were sick. Like if someone came to you and they were sick. Okay? What Jesus did. How many Jesus actually told it's not God's will to heal you? You ever heard that? You ever heard a person tell you, well, it's just not God's will that they get healed? Okay, let's find out though. How many he actually told it's not God's will. And then, this one I like. It says um, that you must suffer. How many he told you need to suffer this so you can get closer to God? How many y'all think he told? None. Or, this one's good. Um, This is your punishment. I bet you'll straighten up now. You ever heard anybody say people were being punished? Okay, let's find out if Jesus ever told anybody these things. Or this one's good. God's working something through you to make you more holy and closer to him. You ever heard that? Let's see if there's anything in the Bible that talks about that. Okay, and that this is my personal favorite. You want to know what it is? Okay, you must really be doing something for God now for the devil to be on your case like this and sickness to be coming on you like that. That's my personal favorite. You really got to be doing something for God now. Did Jesus ever tell anybody that? Ever, ever, ever? Let's find out. Let's find out. Let's look at some scripture about it. Hosea 4, 6 says that God's people perish. Why? Lack of knowledge. So if you have sickness in your body, what is happening? You have a lack of knowledge. You have a lack of knowledge. If you have sickness in your body, there is a lack of knowledge as to why it is there or how to get rid of it. Okay, so let's let's not be dumb and let's find out some things about it here at Faith Life Church. What do we do when we want to know something? We go to the word. We don't go to the pastor. We don't go to the um, parking lot person. We don't go to the person sitting next to us. We don't go to our employer. What do we do if we want to know something God said? Go to the word because that's the only place that we can find it. And in, in these places, we should be able to find at least one place. 
that Jesus said these things that we just talked about. At least one where he says, not today, it's not your time, suffer this a little while longer and God will perfect his will in you. Uh, It's not God's will to heal you because you sinned. You messed up. Get out of that sin and I'll heal you. Did he say that? Did he say, you're living in adultery so I can't heal you? Did he say, uh, you're cussing and I can't heal you? Did he say you're smoking and I can't heal you? Did he say you're lying and I can't heal you? Let's find one scripture. There there should be at least one when somebody came to him that he told a response in these ways if if it's actually true. Okay? So let's look at some things. You got your Bible. You got a pen to mark these things, right? All right. Every time a scripture says all, every, or any, I want you to say it with me. Okay, can y'all do that? Y'all gonna pay attention for me real close this morning, right? Matthew 4, 23, King James Version. Now, I'm gonna give you forewarning. If you don't want to be healed, make the exit now. (laughs) I won't be offended. If you want to, now you laugh, but there are people that like the pity. They like the attention. They like the things that it gets for them. So if you don't want to be healed, if you like people patting you on the back and saying, poor pitiful you, then um, I won't be offended at all. Just keep it and go home with it. Because it's going to leave here today. We are not going to have any sickness in Faith Life Church. If God can take out all the Israelites from Egypt and heal them and there not be one feeble among their tribes, we can have Faith Life Church where there not be one feeble among our tribes or among our people. Do y'all believe that? I believe it. I'm not going to settle for anything less. That's why Jesus died for us and took the stripes on his back. Everybody in here saw the passion probably. That was gory. That was absolutely horrible. Why did he go through that? So we don't have to. So why would we want to? No, we, we don't have to. Okay, you ready? Matthew 4. You got your shouting clothes on today because it's going to be good. Okay, Matthew 4, verse 23. And Jesus went about all Galilee. Now, that's, that's a place. That's a town. That's like saying Jesus went about all Branson. Okay? How many people do we have in Branson? City proper. 6,000. Not a big city, right? Okay? But he went about, say he walked into Branson today, and he healed every person person in Branson. Okay? Listen to the scripture. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, which is what Keith's been talking about, and healing all all manner of sickness and All. all manner of disease among the people. Okay, so everybody that was sick in that city, what? Got healed, all right? Verse 24. And his fame, do you think if somebody walked into Branson and healed everybody that there would be fame? That would happen, okay? And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought unto him all sick people in Syria that were taken with divers diseases and torments and all those that were possessed with devils and all those that were lunatic or crazy. You know any crazy people? Don't raise your hand. You might be your wife or husband sitting next to you. And those that had the palsy and healed healed all 
all of them. Them means all of them. Healed every single one of them. So in Galilee and in Syria, what did he do? Healed all of them, okay? This next part, this next one is not an all one, but listen to it. He left there and Matthew 8, turn there, verse 1. Are you marking these in your Bible? So the next time the devil attacks you, you can pull this out and say all. Now did it say in both, do you reckon in both of those cities that there was anybody in sin? Do you reckon? Do you reckon there was anybody in both of those cities that wasn't living right? Do you reckon that there was anybody in both of those cities that had missed God and wasn't doing his will? I would assume so. I mean, how many people do you know that's living a perfect life? But did he bring up anything about either one of those things? What did he do? Healed them all. Now, y'all get with me on this. Say it with me. Now, just sit back there and be quiet and think, well, I don't have to say it. Don't be rebellious this morning. If I say, say all, say all, okay? How many did he heal? Thank you. All right. Matthew 8, 1. And when he was come down from the mountain, great multitudes. Now, do we have a, a multitude even in here this morning? What about a great multitude? A lot of people wouldn't call this a multitude, but, you know, it's good. But a great multitude, okay, followed him. And behold, there came a leper and worshipped him, saying, Lord, if you will, thou can make me clean. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately his leprosy was cleansed. Somebody came to him for healing. What did he say? It's not your time. You got sin in your life. No, he said, I will be thou clean. All right. Then Matthew 8. I mean, we're just going straight down Matthew. You see this one after the other. Matthew 8, verse 5. King James Version. Yeah, the Holy Grail, somebody said. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion, beseeching him, saying, Lord, my servant lies at home sick of the palsy. I bet he was sick of it. And grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and rebuke him for the life he's living. You reckon if he's a centurion servant, he ever talked about his master? Said anything bad? Did anything bad? Sowed any bad seed? Did Jesus ask him, well, is he a good guy? How's he living? Does he give his tithes? Did he ask him any of those questions? Don't you think he would have if it would have mattered that much? Okay. He said, Lord said, my servant lies at home, sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. I will. Matthew 8, verse 14. You can't go very far. Are you seeing them just lined up one right after the other? Matthew 8, verse 14. And Jesus came into Peter's house, and he saw his wife's mother laid sick of a fever. Well, has any mother-in-law ever missed it or done anything wrong or talked too much? How many mother-in-laws are in here? No, don't raise your hand. And he said, because you're not treating your daughter-in-law right or your son-in-law right, keep your sickness. No. He said, Jesus was coming to Peter's house and he saw his wife's mother uh, uh, sick of a fever. 
And he touched her hand and the fever left her and she arose and ministered to him. Did he ask how she'd been living? Did she ask how she'd been doing, treating the kids? Did she ask if she'd been going to church? Uh-oh. She ain't even been going to church and he healed her? Imagine that. Didn't say that, but how do we know if she was? Matthew 8, 16. Verse 17. And when even was come, he, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast the spirits out of him with his word, and he healed all, all that were sick. Now surely in that many they brought unto him, there was surely one that wasn't living right. Surely one that did something wrong. But he healed how many? All that were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Himself did it. Who is himself? Jesus. Let's keep going. Matthew 9. Does this mean anything to you guys? Do you understand the point of this? I mean, this is the kingdom of God. Every other verse almost is talking about healing and him healing them all or him healing them or them being delivered or being set free or the fever left. Not one so far. Have we seen one so far that he questioned anything? Any question about how they were living or what they were doing? Not one. Okay, so Matthew 9 verse 1. And he entered into a ship and passed over and came into his own city. And behold, they brought unto him a man sick of the palsy, lying on a bed. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, be of good cheer, your sins are forgiven you. And behold, certain of the scribes with themselves said, This man blasphemous. And Jesus, knowing their hearts, said, Wherefore do you think evil in your hearts, whether it is easier to say, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and walk? But that you might know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. Then he said to the sick of the palsy, Arise, take up your bed, go to your house. And what happened? He arose and departed. Okay, now he didn't know this man. He didn't know his lifestyle. They brought this man to Jesus. And he said, what? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Why did he say that? Evidently, he had some sin in his life. But he didn't stand there and say, because of your sins, I can't heal you. You go home and get things right with God and straighten things out and come back to me after you're living right and I'll heal you. What did he say? Your sins are forgiven you, be healed. Anybody in here ever sinned? Some of you lied just now so you sinned. Because you didn't raise your hand. Because I know every person. There's only one perfect person. That was Jesus. And he was the only one without sin. So every person in here is sinned. What happens when you go to God or, or, or the scripture or anything about healing? What happens immediately? And you start believing God for healing. The devil comes and he says, you know, 
you're not worthy of this. You know how you did? You spoke short to them or you stole that or you said that or you smoked that cigarette or you drank that. You're not worthy of healing. Anybody ever that happened to? Sure, sure. That's, that's the devil's game. But Jesus didn't even get into any of that. He came to him for healing and he said, your sins are forgiven. And what happened? He was healed. He didn't even ask him what his sin was. He just said, they're forgiven. You're healed. Let's keep going. Okay? Matthew 9. While he's, uh, verse 18. While he spake these things unto them, behold, there came a certain ruler. And he worshipped him, saying, my daughter is even now dead. But come and lay your hand upon her, and she will live. Now, this person's dead. Not just sick, they're dead. But so many people are wanting to be healed. Before he could even hardly respond to that, he's walking away to go respond to that. And what happens? Verse 20. And behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood. Twelve years. So does it matter how long you've been sick? Twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment. For she said within herself, If I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. But Jesus turned about him when he saw her and he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith has made thee whole. And the woman was what? Made whole from that hour. Now this is before he could even get to the centurion's daughter. Or the ruler's daughter. He, he uh, gets stopped by this woman. She gets healed. Okay? Then he goes on. And then G- verse 23... And when Jesus came into the ruler's house, he saw the minstrels and the people playing and making noise and all sorts of stuff going on in there. And he said to them, give place. In other words, get out of here. You got it? Okay. For the maid is not dead, but she sleeps. And they laughed him to scorn. But when Jesus says something, what, ha- what, what does it mean? It's a fact. Immediately admit, you may not understand it, but you're wrong. If he said it, you agree with him, okay? Instead of laugh at him, agree with him, okay? And it said, but when the people were put forth, he went in, took her by the hand, and the maid arose. So he healed somebody else. That's two within two verses almost. Matthew 9, 27. Surely we found one by now that they got to suffer something so they can get holy, right? Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, saying, crying and saying, Thou son of David, have mercy on us. And when he was coming to the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said unto them, Believe you that I am able to do this? And they said unto him, Yes, Lord. He touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it unto you. And their eyes were opened. And Jesus told them not to tell anybody about it. So you got two blind men. He's never met them. Reckon they got any sin in their life. Reckon they've ever done anything wrong. Reckon they've ever done nothing that's 100% right. Reckon they forgot to read their chapters. Yeah. Matthew 9.32 I mean, this is just Matthew. 
And as they went out, behold, they brought unto him a dumb man possessed with the devil. And when the devil was cast out of him, the dumb spake, spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never seen such in Israel, never seen like this in Israel before. The dumb are speaking, the lame are walking. Matthew 9. Verse 35, and Jesus went about, some of you are still rebellious, I'm telling you. Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. Now, all the cities and villages, reckon how many that was. All the cities and villages. And he picked some out that he liked the way they looked and the way they were dressed. And that he thought were living right. And he said, I'll heal you. And I'm going to work something through you so that you'll come become more holy. And you get out of that sin. And you quit that drinking. And you quit that smoking. And then come back to me when you get all your lives straightened up and I'll heal you. Or, you know what? You've really been doing something for God lately. I mean, you have been on fire. You've been working for God and telling people about Jesus and getting them baptized. So you just, we're going to let this sickness stay on you for a little bit. Because, you know, you're doing something strong for God. And people will see because of you being attacked this bad that you are uh, God's anointed man of the hour. Did he tell him that? Reckon there was anybody in all those cities and villages doing anything for God? Absolutely. Absolutely. But what did he do? He healed every sickness and every disease. What does every mean? What does all mean? What does every mean? What does all mean? What does every mean? Do you get the picture? Did it say accept? But. Any of those words. It said every and all. Reckon if he walked in here today. Anybody had lived in sin or doing anything wrong or didn't do something right or didn't repent because they said something short to somebody. Absolutely. Does it matter? Does it matter? No. No. Doesn't matter what you did before you got here. God is... The God that heals us, no matter what's going on in our life, He will heal us. He will take care of us. He don't ask us questions before He lays hands on us. He don't come up to us and say, Now, Barb, what did you do? Did you straighten that up before you came here this morning? Okay, okay, if you did, then I'll heal you. Did He ask that to anybody? Never. Never, 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 not once. Okay, let's go on to to Matthew 10. Now, this isn't Jesus anymore. Imagine that. Matthew 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal 
all manner of sickness. Now he said, now guys, sit down. We're going to have a teaching session here today. Okay. You're going to go out and you're going to lay hands on the sick. Okay. But when you get there, make sure to do it this way. Make sure to find out, are you living right? Are you doing the right thing? Did you give your tithes? Did you go do your temple worship today? Did you? No. Oh, you go sit over here. Okay. Did you give your tithes today? Did you serve the Lord? Did you read your chapter today? Okay, then you go sit over here. Now, and those that answer you properly and those that are doing right and serving God with all their heart and have a perfect soul and perfect heart, you put them on your left side and you pray for them and heal them. But now the ones that are not doing right, you just kind of shun them and push them aside. Send them on their way. Maybe next time you'll get healed because you'll be doing better. Mm, Maybe. What instruction did he give him? Give all of his 12. All manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now, sure, sickness can come upon people because they don't do right. Sure, no question about it. I'm not saying that it can't. But what I am saying is God will still heal you. Doesn't matter what you did. He don't, he's not judging to see. He did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Saved, healed, deliver, set free. So he told his disciples. How many of you in here are disciples of the Lord? Okay. Everybody in here is a disciple. 99.9% of everybody in here is a disciple of the Lord. So this is to you. Read it. Okay. And he called Fred. And he called Joan. And he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. So somebody comes up to you at work and you know they're doing drugs. You know it. You know they're in the middle of an adulterous affair. You know it. Joan says, sorry, sis. Can't pray for you. You're living in sin. Did it say, check and see how they're spiritual meter is working today are they spiritual enough today do you reckon there was anybody that didn't know the lord and wasn't saved it was impossible all of them every single one of them so what what better chance do we have being saved okay let's read it again i want you to get this in you 10-1 everybody read it with me And when he had called unto him his 12 disciples, which, whoa, 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 which includes me, say your name, Phyllis, he gave me power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. All, all. Okay, Matthew 10, verse 7. As you go, preach, saying, what's Keith been teaching on? The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Do what? If they're living right. Cleanse the lepers if they repent. Raise the dead if they love me and get saved. Cast out devils. 
If they quit doing drugs and drinking. No, what does it say? Freely you have received. Freely you give. Freely. You pray for somebody. Quickly. Readily. You don't judge what they've done or how they're living or or how bad they were. What happened when the woman was caught in the very act of adultery? Jesus said, go and he forgave her. Sin no more. Don't do it anymore. What is the good news? You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be poor. Do you think a sinner will come closer to serving God if you pray for them and they get healed than if you say to them, look, you adulterous hussy. Get right with God and he might think about healing you. Which is going to win them to God? Healing. Healing will bring people in, like Brother Hagin used to say, the dinner bell, like ringing a dinner bell. And he didn't ask one of these people that I've seen so far if they're living right or they're doing a good or they're serving him or any of those things. Not one, okay? So um, um, if there was anybody that had any sin, these people did. Read your Bible. He corrected them all the time. Wrote to the churches about talking about each other and divorces and backstabbing and everything else. But yet and still he was going into every one of these cities and doing what? Healing. Healing. Matthew 12, 15. When Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence and great multitudes. Now that's more than one or two people, right? That's more than what we have in this room this morning, right? Followed him and he healed them all. Do you reckon that if he came in here today, it could be possible that somebody could walk out of here not healed? Not if they wanted to be healed. Now if they want to keep it and they want to have a pity party, they can keep it. But um, he healed them all. Matthew 14, 14. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. What does that signify? All their sick. He didn't divide them up, pick and choose. He healed the multitudes, the great multitudes, sick. Didn't say you have to suffer this for God to become more holy. Or this is your lot in life. Not to one of them. He healed their sick. Matthew fourteen thirty four. And when Jesus, and when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. Now this is another place. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased. They found every sick person that they could find. And every one of them was living just right, so they were candidates to be healed. And and he brought them unto him that they might only touch the hem of his garment, and as many as touched were made Perfectly whole. Perfectly whole. As many of them as touched. Not one was left out. Fifteen, Matthew 15.30. In the King James Version. 
And great multitudes came unto him, having with them those that were lame and blind and dumb and maimed and many others. And they just threw them down at Jesus' feet. And he healed them. Lame, blind, doesn't matter what's wrong with you. Jesus healed them. Insomuch that the multitude wondered when they saw it, the dumb to speak, the maimed to behold, the lame to walk, and the blind to see, what did they do? Glorify God. Does it glorify God to see people sick? Absolutely no way, no shape, no form, no fashion, in your messed up mind only. Would it glorify God to see somebody sick? That would be like my dad telling me, Phil, you're doing a good work for the Lord. I've seen what you and Keith have done over the years. Y'all are really, really doing good. Keep that, you can keep that sickness for a while so you can glorify God some more. Sickness glorify God at all. In any way. The only way that sickness glorifies God is when the people get healed. The only way. So don't let people convince you of anything else. Matthew 19, 1. Are y'all tired of this? Did y'all have all these marked in your Bible? You do now. It came to pass that when Jesus had finished these sayings, he departed from Galilee and he came into the coast of Judea beyond Jordan. And great multitudes. Now somebody tell me how big a great multitude is. You know, some of the times it said there was 5,000 there and he fed them, the multitude. The multitude, 5,000. So it was more probably than 5,000, right? Okay. So um, uh, great multitudes followed him and he healed them all. He healed them immediately there. So if a multitude would be around 5,000, a great multitude would have to be 15,000, 20,000. He healed every one of them. Nobody was living wrong. Not one of those people. Hmm. Matthew 21, 13. And he said unto them, it's written, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed one of them. All of them. The blind and the lame came and he healed them. Do you get the picture here? Every person that came to Jesus was healed. Every single person. There is not one place in the New Testament that says someone came to him and he turned them down. Not one place. Doesn't matter how bad they'd missed it. Doesn't matter what they'd done or how severe their sickness was. That's too big for me. You know, you'll have to go fast and pray and go to God with that. When the disciples couldn't do it, Jesus still healed them. He healed every single person that came to him. And some that didn't. Look with me at another scripture. Luke 22. 
You're going to get a kick out of this one. Verse 48. But Jesus said unto him, Judas, betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? When they that were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite him with a sword? Peter said that. One of them, Peter, smote off the servant of the high priest's ear and cut off his right ear. So what happened? Peter drew his sword, pulled out his sword, his sharp. He went over to him and he went, cut off his ear. Jesus looked at Peter like, I've read about Peter a lot. Peter reminds me of me sometimes. You know, he just speaks his mind sometimes, you know. And, and act, I have done it in the past, I don't do it for the future, acted before he thought, you know. What happened in verse 41, 51? Jesus answered and said, suffer you this for. And he touched the man that was there to kill him, take him down, put him out. He touched his ear. Now that's his enemy, right? Now, why would he want to do that for him? He came for all. He came even for his enemies. While we were still his enemies, he loved us. So even if you've been an enemy to God and to Jesus and to the church and to Faith Life Church, don't matter. God still loves you. And he will still heal you. Jesus bent down, picked up his dirty, sandy, muddy ear. You know, they weren't on pavement or asphalt, you know. And took it up, may have had some grain in it by then, and stuck it back on his head. Said, Peter, come on now, bud. You think I'm kidding? Look at John 18. It says that's who it was. So, so not just Jesus' friends and people that were supporting him got healed. You see that? Not just people that were giving their tithes or putting God first. Even his enemies that were out to kill him, he healed them. So if he would heal his enemies, what would he do for you? Someone that's trying with all their heart to serve him, that loves him, that reads their chapter every day, that witnesses for him. What would he do for you? Let's look at a couple of other scriptures now. Jesus took... Every person in here's sickness. He's not doing something for you. He's already done it for you. Let's look at some things. Matthew 8, verse 17. We read it already, but let's read it again. If you ever need to teach anybody about healing, I've just given you a bunches of bunches of scriptures. Matthew 8, 17. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, Himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So Jesus is the Himself He's speaking of here. He took our sicknesses already. Took means past tense. And our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. 1 Peter 2.24 
Y'all should have these marked. I'm going to wait till I quit hearing pages turn because these are too important not to have marked in your Bible. If anybody ever comes to you for sickness with sickness. Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24 is where we are. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Not going to be. Were, past tense, right? Isaiah 53, 4. Am I boring some of y'all? Some of you yawning and... I think if Jesus appeared in here himself, sometimes people would still yawn. Isaiah 53, 4. Hey, you may not need healing in your body right now. You may not need anything. You may be perfectly, completely healed in your body right now. But you will come across somebody before the day is over that needs healing in their body. So you need this in you, not even just for your sake, but for somebody else's sake. If they come to you and say, well, I'm not living right, or I've missed it, or I've done this, so what? God still loves you. He'll still heal you. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely... He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Another translation I'll sneak in here says pains and sicknesses, okay? But we did a seaman stricken and smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we, present tense, are healed. Present tense. We were and we are. Jesus Christ, the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I know when I first got in the things of God, and I started, well, Keith was, like he said, raised Pentecostal. And um, we started going to a church, and, and I don't think, I'd have to really think with my mind as, as to whether I was even filled with the Holy Ghost yet. I don't think I was. Um, I was a little Catholic girl that, did, that believed that, Pentecost were part of the Antichrist, you know, Pentecostals, they were the Antichrist, you know, and, and uh, that praying in tongues and who don't get around that stuff, you know. Well, anyway, we started learning about some of that stuff because we started listening to Brother um, Copeland's tapes and stuff. And um, I've told this story before, but it bears witness with what we're talking about now. And uh, we went to one of our friend's showers, and they had gotten one of those little wall plastic clocks that you hang on the wall. And we were trying to unpack all their stuff. We went back to their house with them. We were trying to unpack all their stuff that they had. And we were trying to put it all together for their new house. They were getting married in two days and, and just doing everything, you know. So I got out this little clock, and I was going to try to set it for them and put it on the wall. Well, Keith had a little pocket knife. So guess what happened? Well, the pocket knife was being, I was trying to wind the clock because it was, you know how some of them have those little holes and the thing is down in it, you know? Well, I couldn't get down in there with it. And, and of course, they were didn't have kitchen utensils or anything, screwdrivers at that point. I mean, they're just getting into their place. And so he pulled out his pocket knife and I stuck it in there and it caught the edge of that circle that I was going to stick it in and closed down on my finger and just cut it to the bone. Just cut it to the bone. So we went to the hospital, and uh, blood was going everywhere, and they said, you know what, this is a little small, 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 not a great multitude town, but a small town. 
And they said, you know what? The doctor's asleep right now. So you know what? Why don't you just, we'll put a Band-Aid on it. You come back Monday. (laughs) That's what happened. So Monday comes around and my finger is no longer straight. My finger is wrapped down because it has pulled all the nerves back into the back of my hand. So I go like this for a little bit and I decide instead of going to uh, the doctor there that was too busy, he was asleep to see it on Friday or whenever it was, Thursday, uh, that uh, I would uh, go to a specialist in a bigger city. So I went to the specialist and stuff and he put my hand in a brace and he said, what you've got to do is keep it this way for a little bit to get the finger used to being in that position. He said, then we'll schedule a surgery and I'll go in there. And he said, I'll reach down in your hand and um, try to get the nerves. He said, it's real major to get in there. He said, because we could mess up that finger. We could mess up other nerves and other things. And he said, uh, but um, we'll do it. And um, so here we go. I went home. I told Keith about it. We scheduled the surgery. There we are the morning, the night before the surgery. And Keith, I've never been rebellious in my life. And Keith says, Phil, what I think we need to do is believe God to heal your finger. Now, we've been hearing about healing, like I said, and redeemed from the curse and all these other things through Brother Copeland. He says, Phil, I think what we need to do is pray and ask God to heal that finger. Well, like I say, I wasn't rebellious, but I said no. (laughs) Now, can... God heal you when you say no. Well, wait till you hear the end of the story. Well, I didn't know much at that time. I knew no word hardly. I knew nothing. And so all night long... Keith and I had friendly conversation. (laughs) It was just as kind and sweet as it could be till time for me to get up and get in the shower the next morning. Finally, that morning, I said, like when I was wanting him to get filled with the Holy Ghost, I said, okay, okay, I give in, I quit, I quit, I quit. And uh, I didn't even tell Keith this. I said, okay, let's pray. I I told him that part. So we got down on our knees beside our bed in our 1969 Marriott mobile home where you couldn't, if you knelt down beside the bed, you had to turn sideways because your knees would, you couldn't, you understand what I'm saying? You know, you were kicking the wall because it was too close. So we were kind of, this number kind of slanted on, you know, the bed like this. And I had my hands on the bed like this, laying like a, praying like a good Catholic girl, you know, and um, and, um, probably did that number too but um you know it's like I told before the only thing I knew about the Holy Spirit is he was over here somewhere (laughs) do we have any Catholics in here this morning he was over here somewhere okay but I love the Catholics I mean they there's so many of them that's got saved filled with the Holy Ghost living for God you know I'm not putting them down but that's just all I knew you know So, uh, you know, I got down and Keith began to pray and I opened my heart maybe this much. And when I did, my hands at that point were just kind of laying on each other like this. And I kid you not, at that point in time, my finger raised up like this. I didn't tell Keith. (laughs) Because I was so submissive and so good and not, I had zero pride in me. (laughs) And, um... I got up and I got dressed 
and I went to the doctor. And Keith didn't even go with me. He said, God's healed that finger. I'm not giving place to this. God's healed that finger. I got to the doctor's office, and I kid you not, the specialist, the hand doctor, looks at me square in the eye. If my mother was here, she'd agree with me, and says, sweetheart, there's nothing wrong with your finger. What, what do you want to have surgery for? There's nothing, and it's to this day. To this day. That's how it is. You do have to open the door a little bit. God is not a forcer. He will force absolutely nothing on you. He will not make you get healed. He will not make you. If you want to keep that sickness, he will let you. Now, the devil, he's a forcer, and he's a pusher, and he's a taker, and he'll put it on you. But God will not. If you open the door just a little bit, you can have some doubt in your head, but some faith in your heart, and God will still step in and heal you. That's what happened with my finger. I doubted in my head it was going to happen. But I opened it up and said, God, if you can do anything, do it. I mean, I'm telling you the truth, guys. That was all the faith that I had. I didn't know what I know today. If I would have, God probably took a belt out and spanked me because I should have been smarter than that. But he healed me. He healed me. Another testimony. We were in a church, Spirit-filled church. Keith is speaking. How many of you have ever felt like when Keith is speaking that he is talking directly to you and he knows everything that's going on and we told him? Dave will text me after the service and he'll say, he was talking to you tonight, not me. (laughs) Especially when he gets on that stuff about resting and not having the facts and the phone and all these things going at the same time, you know. And the last one I told Dave, I said, "Uh uh-uh, I took a nap this afternoon, buddy. He was talking to you. (laughs) And so, uh, but if, if God is moving the way that he should be moving, it should affect every single one of us that way not just you know this one and that one and 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 to be honest that's the prophet's anointing coming out ministering to what you need ministering to the things that you need to hear today here now so don't ever think you know dave and i sit there and we know situations that are going on with people and we try our best to keep from turning our head or keep looking at us because he's he's reading their mail i mean we just dealt with it this week and he is reading their mail and we don't want them to think that we told him because we didn't. Because a lot of times, I try, we, if we can handle it, we try not to tell him, like I've told you before, because then he can flow. And he can do what the Lord wants him to do without thinking, well, I can't say that. Because a lot of times when you know something, you will make yourself not go that direction whether you're supposed to or not. So we try not to. So anyway, here we are at this church. And God was talking to, there was the, there was kind of, this is how we were sitting. The pastor's wife, the pastor, the son and the daughter-in-law, me, and then where Keith was sitting, kind of, right here. And we were ministering in this church. And the son and daughter-in-law had been married maybe six months, eight months. And she had come from another denomination that didn't believe in healing. And she had been talking softly with her husband all night long about some things about healing and um, they had been talking softly about this for a while now and um, they had come to she had come to the conclusion 
that um, she was going to be rebellious about it, like somebody else I know. God got up there. I kid you not. This happened. We've got it on audio tape. It happened. God got up there. He, I'm sitting right here, and Keith comes and he stands right here. If I, his knee had to touch her knee, had to, and we knew none of this. And he says, you know, he looks her square in the eye, and he says, there's some people that won't even try to get rid of their inhalers, even if God's telling them to get rid of their inhalers. <laughs> They won't even try it for five minutes, much less quit. I mean, got right up in her face. You lie, a year later she was dead. Why would God do that? To jolt somebody. They're not hearing it from their husband. They're not hearing it from the people. They're not hearing it from the Bible. So he's going to get up right up in their face and he's going to say, Sissy, straighten up, wake up, you're about to die. But did he make her take her healing? Did not. He healed everyone that wanted to be healed. All that came to him to be healed. Everyone that was brought to him to be healed. He cannot make you take your healing. If you want to keep it, guess what? You can keep it. You can keep it. I don't want to keep sickness. Anybody in here? No, 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 no. I don't want to keep sickness. There was a man. Brother Hagen tells a story about, and probably 80% of y'all in here has heard this. There was a man in the hospital. And Brother Hagen was ministering to him. And he was in the hospital, and he was sick. And Brother Hagen was sitting on the side of the bed, and he heard somebody walking down the hall. Y'all heard, how many of you have heard this story? Yeah, yeah, lots of you. Heard somebody walking down the hall. Well, it was Jesus. Came into this sick man's room because Brother Hagin had been praying for this man to be healed. And when he came into the room, the man was in the bed. And Brother Hagin told the man, he said, um, um, Jesus has come to heal you. The man got out of the bed, made his way to Jesus, Started toward Jesus. Got about three quarters of the way there. Jesus has got his hands out like this. He wants to give him healing. And the man just falls. Says, I can't receive it. I'm not worthy. I can't receive it. Brother Hagin says, but Jesus has come to heal you. The man didn't know Jesus was standing two feet, one foot from him there to give him his healing. Did Jesus make him take his healing? The man died. Jesus was there to heal him. But he died. God will not force anything on you. But if you open your heart just a little bit, little bit, he'll come in and heal you from here, from the missing hair, all the way down to the ingrown toenail or the callus on the bottom of your foot. And everything in between. Because he healed them all. He healed every single person that came to him. There was not one person that came to Jesus and they said, I want to be healed. And he said, no. All. Say it with me. All. Every. All. 
Every. All. Every. Sickness and disease. Even the lunatic, even the crazy people. You may be thinking you're, you've been going crazy. Seriously. It's not a joke. I mean, in today's society, it's not a joke. There's so many people on, on prescription drugs today. I saw on the news the other night. I was totally shocked. They said 90-something percent of households were addicted to prescription drugs in some form or fashion. And what's that one drug? I can't remember what it was, but they told the name of this one drug. It was like a painkiller that uh, 60% of households had somebody in their household addicted to it. So that means people are sick. That means we at Faith Life Church must know about healing. We must be healed ourselves so that we can minister to other people. Because Jesus healed every sickness, every disease, every infirmity, everything that they brought to him, he healed it. He cannot heal you if you're not open for it. He will not force it on you. He loves you, but he gave you a free will. And he won't make you do anything. So today, what I want to do is if you have been fighting sickness in your body, I don't care if you've had it for however old you are, 40 years. I don't care if you've had it for a week. I don't care if you're a staff member or an usher. I don't care if you're a singer or the keyboard player. I don't care who you are this morning. Jesus healed. The only thing that would keep you from getting healed this morning is P-R-I-D-E. Because somebody might know that I'm sick. Why do you think I got into the scriptures the last two weeks, night and day about healing? Some tried to attack me. I didn't let it. What do you do when you get sick? Find the scripture. Keith went to flight safety this week. He was there 14-hour days flying, messing up engines, all these other kind of things. I was studying about healing. Stayed in the hotel room. Didn't answer my phone. There comes a point in time in your life where it's got to become priority to you. Doesn't matter what else is going on. But now you have to know absolutely nothing about healing this morning. How many of those people that he ministered to knew scripture on healing? How many of them knew the word about healing? How many scriptures do you have to know in order for God to heal you? He healed them all he healed every person so what we're going to do in here this morning is we're going to have a healing line they're going to sing and i'm telling you the anointing was already here it's here you can feel it the anointing is here people are going to get ministered to they're going to get set free things are going to change in their life now it doesn't matter what you see and what you feel when you leave this place what are you healed Healed. and you put a sign on your mirror that says i am healed period And when you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing you say. I am healed, period. Put a big period behind it. No ifs, ands, buts. I still have a headache. I still have a foot ache. I still have these symptoms. I'm still throwing up. I am healed, period. That's it. That's all you say from this day forward. 
Doesn't matter if it's five minutes from now that you get healed or three weeks from now that you get healed or three years from now that you get healed. You are healed, period. Because Jesus healed them all. Now, I'm not Jesus. Can you tell that? I doubt Jesus had blonde hair and earrings. But Jesus anointed his who? And they went out and did what? How many? All. All. And believers will do what? They shall recover. And I've been quoting it for two days now. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to teach the gospel, to lay hands on the sick, to bring out a captivity, everybody that's been bound. So it doesn't matter what's going on with you today. Jesus has given us authority and power over all unclean spirits and sicknesses to cast them out and they cannot stay in this place. Now, the reason that I'm telling you that is because he will do exactly the same thing for you as he will for me. Let's get healed in here this morning. Walk out that door. Minister to our other family ministers, members. Minister to our co-workers. Minister to every person that we come in contact with. Didn't Keith just tell us recently, we should be laying hands on the sick. It's hard to do when you're sick yourself. You don't have confidence. Let's get healed so we can do it. All right? Everybody stand up with me. Y'all start singing.